Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1942, in the cold desert of a small border town of Texas, a group of kind are kidnapped and mass embraced by members of the fanatical sect, the Sabbat. Out of this group, only a handful survived, and through rituals and mentorship, they became the pack known as the Pale Riders. Representing the Sword of Cain, they are wielded by a mentor to cut deep wounds within the heartland of Mexico to the enemies of the Sabbat. Wars on Fire is a vampire the masquerade Sabbat chronicle that follows the Pale Riders pack that consists of Mitch, a Lazampa played by Adam, Coyote, a Ravenous anti-tribute played by Alex, Eldrick, a Caitiff played by David, Jasper, a Bruja anti-tribute played by Joaquin, Cora, a Shimizi played by Slavic, and Richard, a Venture anti-tribute played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. guys showed up to a hotel it's a more of a motel i think they're called it's like the motels are the ones where the doors face outside right and it's like a single story you see this and it, but it's not really like all connected it's like these shanty shacks that are on the edge of chihuahua and then spanish you, you know and i don't know the spanish word for motel i should probably look that up you know it says spanish it says motel and you see there's like 10 like uh these shanties man they're like like made just like they're not even painted they got roofs that have like thin tar tiles, you know what I mean, on top, that are probably just plank wood that's on top, you know, the roofs. Even they're so old, they have, like, horse hitch, like, little, like, they have the horse uh, hitches where people would go and tie the their their their, their horses up to, to where they wouldn't walk off. And you see, like, there's this one smaller one, and it has, like, a, in Spanish, it has, like, check-in, it says, like, you know, on a sign that's been painted on, like, a wooden sign. And you see from within, you see a, a a dim light that's coming from like a lantern probably coming through like a window there. Go ahead. Scenes on you guys. Mitchell pulling into the parking lot. He'll get out of the car or truck. Look at the passengers. Yeah. You see Coyote. Are you still, I take it Coyote. You're still just like in a shock, just laying there or just a bloody mess and everything. And you see Cora sitting there too. Well, I'll try to keep it down for a minute while I go inside and procure us some lodgings for the day. Oh, yeah, I'll be right back. And Mitchell walk the motel looking for the office. Yeah, you find the office there. Uh, Cora, by the way, you probably feel elated, like out on a high, you know, at the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was thinking more tired. Oh, like exhausted? You know, having to, yeah, because, you know, specific, very intensive work. So afterwards, just, you know, close your eyes and. Yeah, Mitch, you come walking forward to that little the little hut like one that you could tell is the opposite that even has a sign it. You open the door and you see this guy. He turns and looks at you. He uh is a real kind of uh scrangly looking guy. He's probably like in his thirties. He is bald on top, but he has like longer hair growing on the sides. Hispanic guy, you know, has a thick mustache, looks the rest of his face that looks like he has like hasn't shaved for a couple days. He has like a, 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 a dirty, like white t shirt on. And you can see, like, from where he's sitting at, because he's sitting behind like this kind of older desk thing where there's keys behind him. Uh, he might have like some jeans. It's really hard to tell, though, with how dimly lit the room is. And you can tell you woke him up because there's a little bell above there. And he, like, you see for a second, he sits there and he turns towards you. You can smell like the tequila that, that's coming from his breath as he talks to you. He says in Spanish, then he wipes up, like, can I help you? 
in Spanish, Mitch will respond, uh, yeah, friend, we've been traveling all night and we're uh, getting a bit tuckered. Any chance you got a room to spare for the day so we can uh, recuperate? Yeah, see, yeah. And he gets up and he stumbles for a second. You know what I mean? And you can see like, you hear like a couple of like bottles are knocked over on the floor and you look, you see like there's some empty, like Brown, just generic beer bottles that are having labels, which means they're probably illegally made beer or whatever, you know, homemade beer. And he just kind of grabs a key that has like room number seven on there. And he just kind of tosses it on there. And he says, that's like 10, he's like 10 pesos. Mitch will pull out $10. I'm not sure what the conversion rate would be at that time. Yeah, whatever the conversion is, yeah, you just kind of hand it over to him. And he's like, "Yeah, you look, you're looking for fun, old man, he says in Spanish. You need any no, companionship? No, I'm looking for sleep. Oh. Mitchell, slide him another five. And please, no interruptions during the day. See, see. And he, like, just takes the money and he just goes back to sitting back. And you see he, like, he's waiting for you to leave so he can go to sleep. <laughs> you know, while the money's still in his hand, he's obviously hungover, you know. Mitch will take the key and walk out, and he'll walk back to the uh, truck. You can actually, guys, hear, too, like, some of, like, the life of the desert being a little louder, signifying that dawn's probably coming, like, an hour, an hour away. What, what do you guys plan to do? Are I'm going to sleep in the back of the truck. You're gonna, you guys are going to sleep <laughs> yeah. in the back of the dairy truck? I'll jump in there. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to bring the Let's... female in there with you? Yeah. Cor, can you uh, make sure she stays quiet and docile during the day <laughs> okay so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna flesh craft like her eyelids and her mouth shut just a quick job you know just flesh craft it together just so I can separate it whenever you see Cora do this Richard and you instinctively you know what I mean like it still the, creeps you out you know and you also see Richard when like you guys are all climbing the back of the dairy vehicle and Coyote is like the first to go in there he's like giving her all the way you see Coyote's face he tries to talk, like I'm going first, and like his, you could tell like his voice sounds looser. You know what I mean? Like, like, like almost not as confined. And you see him like crawl in there, and he just like goes in, and you can see his. It's not like he goes to sleep. His body becomes a corpse. Like it's just like, and you, and you've never seen a corpse before. Like, well, you have, I guess. You've been with these guys long enough. But it's almost like the body that was in the diner. You see, just gets rigid with like rigor mortis. And it just like any 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 his eyes are open and he's just laying there. And he's like almost like not looking at you, but looking at you, and you see the slack like like his flesh around his mouth is all slack, and you see these horns. And then you see uh I take a Cora will come in with the female. You know what I mean? And like you see Cora kind of does the same thing, but Cora lays back comfortable against Coyote. Mind you, though it's only like this much arm room, you know what I mean? So we'll say like five feet by like five feet, you know what I'm saying? So like Cora kind of like tries to get in and, and like snuggle in against his body with the girl. Like she has her arm around the girl who's still, well, you don't know if she's awake or not. You know what I mean? And then you and Mitch are standing outside looking in right now. Uh, go ahead. Scenes on you guys. Mitch will just climb into the van and squeeze into a spot. It's like sleeping in the trenches. Yeah. You actually got to like lay on top of the girl and then you're just out. And then you see him climb in there and like, there's like Coyote, Cora on the right, on top of him, the girl on the left, and like Mitch just is kind of like on top of the mortal girl there. He hesitate a bit because he's not seen Coyote that way. Uh, like that's very new to him, but 
I mean, I mean you know, them, like, he knows he will uh, pass out in a few minutes yeah. like the rest of them, so they're climbing well, even, and smash the door shut. Yeah, and they've even seen them like like corpses. They're like corpses now. They're not, you know what I mean? Just like on top of each other, like in sardines. And you see like the flesh of like the waitress's arm, like kind of between Mitch is on top of it and kind of like, you know what I mean? Like not dead, but asleep there. So like in the middle of this death, like egg of death, there's like this life that's within it, you know? And as you climb up and you close the door behind you and it becomes like pitch dark, boom, you go out. All right, everyone wake up, uh, blow a blood pool point. You're gonna wake up first, Richard, and you're sitting there, and all, and what waking up like this isn't just like oh, you know what I mean. Your eyes open, and you're conscious again. Right. And you you hear this, and you smell like like urine. You know what I mean, and like defecation that's within here, but it's pitch dark. Scenes on you. Go ahead. Mm, I kick open the door because it needs some light somehow. <laughs> you're able to kick it and like you, you, you pop the, the, the handle, you know what I mean? Like pops open and the door opens up and you just see like desert and you see like starlight and there's actually moonlight and you feel this cool refresh of like breeze that comes in there. And cause it's like hot and, 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 and like the smell of human and life is in here. You know what I mean? Even though you were all dead and as you get out, you look, you turn around, you look and you see like this hand is like, it's like shit coming out from underneath Mitch's like armpit. You know what I mean? You're, and you see a foot shaking, like this white shoed foot. Like you know what I mean? That's just like shaking, but like it's she's, stuck with these two on top. Yeah, she's mostly covered up though, and I can't really move them. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like they're they're all, and you're standing out there, and you're like looking upon this. What's going on right now with your character's mind? Because you have a good like hour until you know what I mean. These others wake up and you're just kind of see, I mean like she's not like she's probably been doing this all day you know what I mean it's, it's very minute movements yeah. at this point and sound what's going on or what are you doing what's going on in your head at this moment mm. like his his mind is racing but he's not really holding on to any uh, thought because like he's trying to work out what to do right now but doesn't know what to do like if uh, Richard bites her she's probably gonna go limp immediately right from pleasure, yeah. Yeah. So he'll do that as like a uh, first thing solution. He's not going to um, be able to swallow the blood, I think. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just kind of like grab- take a mouthful, spit it out. And- All right. Yeah. So you see her, her hands moving and you kind of like go up and take her hand and you bite into her wrist and you feel like, like the blood come in, but it's like disgusting. You know what I mean? And you like, you feel like the movement stop. And you just like lift and you, you spit this like, like mass of like, like, you know, thick iron tasting blood, but it tastes like rancid meat to you. And you spit it and it, come, it goes across like Cora's leg. You know what I mean? That, that's on the ground. And you, you can feel it like on the inside of your gums and on your teeth. And you're like trying to lick it and get it off. And you're just like, you keep spitting it out because it's almost like the worst tasting. It's almost like having feces in your mouth at this point. You know, that's how it tastes <laughs> to you. But, but she like, She's relaxed and she stopped moving, you know. Hill mutter swears under his breath, like, uh, is walking around the, the parking place, like, fuck. <laughs> Can I right. rouse Mitch and Cora um, from, I don't know, their sleep um, by taking the blood no, don't. from them and, I don't know, smearing it on them or something? No, they're out until they're out. Like, what's your, okay. uh, 
that Cora and Mitch have a humanity of three right now, right? Mm. Richard will try that anyway. Like Mitch he tries to four. get them awake. Oh, Mitch is out of four. Yeah. All right. Uh, actually, when you are down there and you're thinking about it, and you you're like, okay, let me try to like put blood on their lips and see if it works. You see Mitch, just like his eyes open, and you're like standing on like the the because like the 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 truck that you know like, you open it to get into the back where like all the stuff was stored. There's like a little lip, like a two foot lip, where someone could like step on to get up into there. And you're standing there looking, and Mitch, your eyes open, and you sit up. And you and you look and you see Richard like is at the doorway and you see moonlight coming behind him, but you recognize his features as he's like standing there looking upon you. Go ahead, scenes on you guys. And you feel like Cora and you smell the same thing I told you smell. And you feel Cora is like and 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 like like still out and you, Coyote is beneath you. You can feel his bulk under your bony like old man rear end. You know what I mean? As you're trying to like like do whatever you do. Go ahead, scenes on you guys. Evening, Richard. Ah, you're up, finally. <laughs> We've got a problem. What's that? Well, um, we probably shouldn't have locked the girl in there with us. And, I don't know, should have found another solution beforehand. Why do you say that? Well, because Cora smells like shit. She does. Thankfully, though, we got us a nice handy hotel, well, motel room. We can all get showered up and wash our clothes before we leave. I'm pretty sure there's a sink or a bathtub in there. In fact, let's check it out now that we're awake. Oh, Mitch idea. will climb out of Didn't the truck. That. <clears throat> the delivery truck and he'll shut the doors behind him. And he'll head over to room seven. All right. As you follow along, you guys are walking on gravel that, that, that the truck is parked on. You feel it crunch under your feet. Then you kind of come up to the, the steps. There's like three steps that lead up to the door of this hut that passes for a room. You step on there and you can feel the, the wood like bend with time. And you put the key in and you open up the door. And you see that there's a bed in there, a single bed. And you go and you walk in and, and it's like there's this cheap carpet that's on the ground. But it's just, it's not carpet, it's a rug. Like it's thrown over the wooden floor, you know, and you walk across there and you see like a writing, a poor excuse for a writing desk. And then you see, uh, as you go in there, uh, you open the door that there is like an outhouse type bathroom and they're not septic plumbing. But then you see when there's like a shower kind of thing where you, the old ones where you'd pull down the handle and water from like an outside source, you know what I mean? Would come in, you know what I'm saying? Then you could kind of like try to wash yourself off, but it's definitely not like a modern day hotel. You know what I mean? With like a little bar. So, but enough to like get the blood off you guys and make you somewhat as presentable as people could be when they're a nomadic pack of evil vampires, you know, while you guys are in there looking at the room, Cora, your eyes open and you're in pitch darkness. And you kind of feel like a squirminess underneath you and you smell the smells that I've described before. And for a second, you're like, you open your eyes and then you feel like this bag of, but you feel the comfort of like, because <laughs> Richard had that bag of your soil, knowing your thing and you, mm-hmm. yeah. like your hand slowly reaches out and you touch it like a company, like almost like a blanket, like to a kid. Yeah. And you feel it for a second and your eyes are open. Go ahead. Scenes on you. Uh, what's happening? Where, where's Richard? It's a discombobulating feeling because you're like pitch dark. You know what I mean? You just feel like Coyote. You're like moving your hand. You feel like his bulk, but it's still gone. And you feel the FEMA, but you don't – you feel Mitch or don't feel the other two. You know, you feel like half empty. Almost. How does my face feel? You, it come, you, your, her hand goes across it, and it feels more solidified. You know, like it's not like a hot 
wet mess anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's like healed to where this form that you've brought upon them, you can feel from your hand, like you would feel from if you touched my face with your hand or any of your other pack mates, you know what I mean? It feels like it belongs. It doesn't feel like a wet raggedy mess that it was last night. So like his fortitude <laughs> helped him heal it more, you know what I mean? And helped him make it permanent. So, but yeah, go ahead. Scenes on you. <clears throat> I'll stretch <laughs> and uh, sit up. Okay, so you feel Cora underneath you. You feel, yeah, you feel the mound of Coyote moving for a second. Like Coyote, your eyes snap open, but you see pure darkness, you know, and you feel like you know the shape of, of, of what do you call her? Uh, abuela. You feel the shape of her next to you, and you feel her moving. You felt her hand on your face, but this time it wasn't painful. And you feel like the, you can you can smell the heartbeat. I know, right? I'm literally mean you can smell the, the living sustenance, you know. And when I say smell the heartbeat, I mean that literally. You can smell the sweat coming off her pores. Like the predator in you right now that, that has like a two in humanity that is, is all about right now feeling its feeling its vice and its desire. You f- It's like you woke up with like a Snickers right next to you, man. You know what I mean? Like when you wake up hungry in the morning, you know? And, and, and Yeah, no, I can't think of Snickers is a bad one, but it's like it's almost like a heroin addict waking up to like a big old bag of fucking dope there and a needle, you know, clean needle. And that's kind of like what you're feeling there. Like the woman you, that is like your mother. And then the thing that brings you the greatest pleasure. I'm going to push the urge down slightly and, uh, lift the woman and move her over to Cora first and just kind of place her neck up against Cora's mouth. So all this is done by feeling and in the dark, just so you know, cause you see, but yeah, you're able to feel it and you see Cora as you're sitting there alone, you see him like move the girl's neck towards your uh your mouth there cora cora's gonna lick the girl's neck but she isn't actually going to bite her you just see like the like the, the head moves you know what i mean you can feel the head move like tremble the the, uh, the girl don't be okay. scared you just feel this trembling again because she can't communicate you know what i mean her mouth's shut yeah, yeah. i guess cora's going to open the door you feel the shift of cora open up yeah and she opens the door up yeah go ahead the door opens up and you see like the desert and you see, like, the moonlight. It's a full moon, by the way, Cora. Which doesn't that make oh, your frenzy okay. even more, like, frenzy-licious, yeah. right? I have, like, uh, plus three to difficulties relating to frenzies. Like, oh. yeah. What's your blood at right now? Oh, you're pretty high up there. Right? Twelve. All right, so we're good about that. So, Cora, you pop open the door. Moonlight comes in. You turn around, look, and you see Coyote, like, sitting up. And he has, like, this girl, like, just, like, holding her by her shoulders, you know, sitting up, too. So, yeah, Cora's probably going to be staring at the moon and just, you know, uh, clawing or, like, playing with her fingers. Like, staring really, feeling really, really agitated. I would say you get that vibe from her, too, Coyote. You see her out there, like, feeling agitated and everything. Mm -hmm. So I'll let you guys do the scene. Go ahead. Sort of kicking a rock, you know, because this is basically being... Angrier than your average bruja. <laughs> well, I haven't crawled out of the back of the truck yet, so I'll do that. Go ahead. I'm just going to rub my face where everything was done and kind of feel my new appearance. Um, and I'll look at Cora and I'll kind of just give her a look, like a, a look of pleasure, like I'm pleased with the work. How do you feel? I feel beautiful. Good. And I'll laugh. <laughs> and I'll light up you the cigars. Beautiful. 
in my masterpiece. We still have some more to do. And I'll yeah. um, go up to a Cora and I'll just kind of stand there with my arm around her looking at it. Like looking at it, the desert, I guess, or at it, the surroundings. Yeah, the desert, yeah. Mm-hmm. While I smoke a cigar and I'll just stand there with her kind of reassuringly. You you feel like when he does that, Cora, it gives you a little bit of peace from the anxiety that you kind of feel at the moment. Like like you feel that edge is, is, is not as edgy as it was, you know, when you first stepped out of there and you're rubbing your fingers and kicking rocks, you know, like he's a reassuring presence, you know. So you guys are in the room. You two are in the room. You see that. You turn around and look out the door, and you see Cora and Coyote's back facing you as they're, like, looking out in the desert, and you see Coyote smoking cigarette. The thing that is eerie, more eerie, is the fact that you see, like, a silhouette of, like, horns coming from the front as that's happening. Scenes on all four of you guys now, so go ahead. Mitchell walk out the door and clear his throat as he approaches Cora and Coyote. Mitch! Cora, we got us a shower and some basic facilities in the uh, hotel room or motel room that I uh, procured. I figured you may want to clean up before we continue on down the road. I think that's a good idea. You know, bloody hands. Yeah, there's blood like there's blood on your shirt. You know what I mean? There's like Coyote has like blood just from here down and up here. You know, his face is not as much as Jasper. I might need some new threads too because um, my appearance is going to be altered so much. I'm going to need a way to kind of obscure my face in public. As Richard is going to clean out his uh, mouth, he really wants to get that taste away, and it just seems to stick around. And it'll take a few minutes. You see Richard in the bathroom doing that. You're kind of doing it in the shower, pulling the thing, getting the water in your mouth, you know, clearing it out and everything like that. Uh, You three who are sitting in the parking lot, what's your guys' plan of action? When's my dibby shower? Okay, so Cora's going to go shower. Are you going to need to find new clothes, or are you just going to wear the clothes that you wore? Uh, Probably wear a blanket over the bloody clothes, but not actually getting new clothes. You're basically just going to, like, okay, gotcha, like, play the... Yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. I can dig that. Uh, What are you doing, Coyote? I'm going to go and be creepy and kind of try and scope out which rooms are occupied and which are empty. And uh, what about you, Mitch? What are you doing? Mitch will wait his turn for the shower, and while he's in there, he'll wash his clothes. I know you're rinsing your mouth out and everything, but uh, is there anything else you want to do, Richard? Or do you just want to kind of stay in the room and kind of wait for your pack mates? Or you you go with Coyote or just doing your own thing? I think I would go with Coyote. Because, yeah, you, you got like a nine Valdry or ten Valdry yeah. of Coyote, don't you? I have an 11. <laughs> oh, you have an 11 with him. Holy shit. Scene's on YouTube. Go ahead. Looking good. <laughs> okay, I've only, I'll just creep up to the nearest kind of room and see if I can peer in the window or listen at the door. Smoking a cigar the whole time, so I don't look 100% suspicious, only 99% suspicious. <laughs> Yeah, you you definitely are like if anyone sees you, dude, they're gonna flip the fuck out. There's no like, hold on a second, let me <laughs> What time of year is it? Um, 1942. It is. Uh, what did I say? It was like uh spring, right? 1942. I'm okay. from the southern hemisphere. What what month is spring up there? I would say like spring, April, yeah. May. Okay. April, cool. May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, like the layout of this whole of this hotel motel is. 
like seven different shacks pretty much. You know what I mean? Like you guys have number seven, you know what I mean? But there's seven okay. other ones and there's this really small office. And then like, they're not like right next to each other, kind of spread out over, I would say like a hundred yard area. It's like pretty much where you walk through. There's random little gas lights that are hooked. And like I said, there's horse hosts, but uh, those obviously aren't used as much as before, you know? You're walking to the first one and you look through the window and you're seeing this, Richard, as this goes on. And you see him look through the window and you, like, I don't know how your character would feel with the change that is going on with Coyote at the moment. Like he, I mean, you're close to him still, you know what I mean? But you see him like, it's totally, I mean, this guy is fundamentally not the same anymore. I mean, his face is, his skin's ashy, even just from the humanity loss. But then like his wide, like, like just tooth bared, like grin and these horns that are out, you know, and these random like bumps that are over his like his his face now that looked like little implants that were put in there, you know. And you see him like looking through a window. Uh, the first window, you don't see anything. What what are you gonna do next, Mister Sir? I'll um. So it seemed to. I'll try the door anyway. I'll just see if I can kind of push it open, push the lock. Yeah, you you pop it and you look in and you just see like a. It looks like a bed that's made, and you don't see any sign of occupancy. This is door number six. By can the I way. check the wardrobe and the drawers? Yeah, there's nothing in there but a Bible. You see, like an old a Spanish Bible. I'll laugh at By it and throw it on the ground. I think um, Richard is probably not scared, but wary of uh, Coyote. Like he he knows he's uh, close to him and he can trust him, but he's like this uh, relative that uh, he never meets. The fucked up uncle. Uh, You're looking through number six, and there's nothing in there. What are you doing now, good sir? I'll move to number five, and so on until I find one that's occupied or not. You go through six through two and you don't find anything. But when you go to one, which is the first shack by the little manager's office that I described earlier, you see a light that's in there. Uh, so when you look through the window, you uh, kind of, and mind you, this window isn't like the clearest of glass. You know what I mean? It's like really kind of like warped uh, glass. It's like, you know, you can make it through and look through. You see, it looks like about four or five figures that are kind of like uh, going about in the room. And you kind of see, like, maybe the shape of long hair, so you assume that they might be females. I'll beckon Richard over quietly, just with my hand. Yeah, come over. Stealthily. I'll, uh, with my thumb, just kind of motion in the window for him to look. Mm. And give him a grin, flash him a grin at the same time. Uh, can I use uh, heightened senses to find out more about the people inside? Like, I wouldn't know which sense is the best right now, but I think either smell, hearing, or sight. Yeah, yeah, uh, smell, hearing, insight. Yeah, you can turn it on. I, I don't mind. You turn them on, and you can – let's go with what you can hear. You hear what sounds like five – and did you, does your character speak Spanish? No. No, okay. You see five – you hear five distinct female voices – that sound like they could be older to younger coming from within the room. Uh, they speak mm-hmm. in what you know is Spanish, but you just don't speak Spanish. You know what I mean? You can identify as Spanish. You've been around. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't speak it. You can hear like a uh, whimpering of, of, of like a couple of the females that are in there. And you can hear uh, almost like a, um, if you, if you try for a second, you're like stopping and you're listening, you hear like the slow heartbeat of like one of the people, you know what I mean? Like that's slower than like the other four that are in there. You smell cheap perfume. You smell the salt of tears on some, and you smell the overwhelming musky smell of, and not to be vulgar, but like a vagina that's unwashed, but that's, you know, had sexual intercourse. You know what I mean? 
recently and you and you smell that uh, coming from within the room but you also smell like like i said like a cheap flowery perfume that's recently been sprayed like you're sitting there and you're like and you see this you see coyote you see richard do this he's like looking through the window and you kind of see him like close his eyes and you see him go you see like his nostrils mm. flare for a second and you can see him breathe in which is something that you haven't done in like fucking god knows how long with your humanity you know <laughs> and, and you see him like stop for a second you know and his, his nose moves again and then you see his eyes open and he's like looking right at you go ahead scenes on you guys Unless you got any questions about anything else. I'm just no, looking that's at good. Richard, like, inquisitively. I'm going to um, hold up five fingers, indicate long hair, but then, like, um, wink uh, his ear closer and, okay, uh, and uh, whisper, possibly disease. Disease. Hmm. Sorry, I'm just thinking how to proceed. Yeah, what's the? I want. I want to know something here, real quick. I'm going to look it up. The clan weakness I know for Ravenos is having uh, a vice, right? But does it say specifically if you don't follow the vice, what happens? Or my vice is murder. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying, like, I know your vice is murder. I know that. I'm just saying, like, uh, which by the way is creepy as fuck. But what happens if you? <laughs> with the Ravenous, each Ravenous has a weakness. Do you see him? Oh, God. So, Ravnos must make a self-control difficulty six. So you're definitely, like, he says disease, but you're, like, five females. You know what I mean? And to you, that's, yeah. like, you know, the... the gold. <laughs> Doing the yeah, thing gold, with my hands know? where it's like I'm weighing the scales, you know? Yeah. Left and right hand going yeah. up and down, like, hmm. Which is so funny is, like, you're, you're, you guys are hunting, like, infernalists, you know what I mean? Infernalists, but you're, like, Fucking like making yourself look like a demon and like contemplating whether or not you should, you know what I mean, murder five people that are in a room. Like, you, you know, know what? Can I knock yeah. on the door and then just yell through the door, everything all right in there? In my like sweetest, nicest sounding voice. Not in Spanish, at least yeah, creepy uh, voice. Yeah. In Spanish, yeah, because I speak. Yeah. And you hear this, dun, 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 and you hear him speak this language that you don't know, you know, Richard, when he does it. And and you hear like silence because you still have your heightened senses on. You're listening, and you hear whispering. Shut up! You, you know you, you don't know, speak Spanish, but you hear whispering. You know, pss, 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 pss. and then you hear another voice, like like almost like a. And with your heightened senses, you can hear it. It's almost like a sense of seduction, like 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 a woman trying to tap into her inner like sensuality and being like, everything is fine here. We're okay. And then you say, hold on one second. You know what I mean? And then you he you hear footsteps go towards the door and you hear like the chain lock. You know what I mean? I'll and weird. away quickly from the door. Yeah. Pull and, Richard and in you, front of it. Yeah. And you hear like three locks getting undone, deadbolts, which is weird because when you went in number seven, there was only the one door. You know what I mean? The doorknob lock. You know what I'm saying? So there's more locks on this mm -hmm. room. The door cracks open a little bit. And you see like three inches of door open up, and you see one eye of a Hispanic lady, and she's looking at you like confused for a second, like like you see her eye confused, but it's like really heavily makeup, up, like like pink eyeshadow. You know what I mean? You so it's this real like thick blush, and 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 you smell that perfume just like, pushing its way through the door when she opens it, and she looks at you like, uh, and she speaks in a language that you don't understand. Coyote, you understand? She's like, uh. Do, are you looking for uh, you looking for our services? What's, and you see she's standing because she's surprised to see like a white dude standing out there. Like, you know what I mean? Alcoholic looking white dude. 
Richard is uh, uh, gonna stand there confused, like, uh, hola. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it at that because he doesn't know any Spanish. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, uh, hola, and then she speaks in Spanish, and you understand what she's saying. She starts to speak in English for a second. She's like, you uh, looking girlfriend? Uh, no, no, thank you. Um, and uh, put, uh, you look. okay? Like it's a question, like really obviously um, emphasizing yeah, yeah. the okay. You see, hear the door close again, and you hear like the locks being locked in again, and then you okay. hear like a terse as she's walking away from the door, and you hear like the bread, the bed spring, like as someone sits in it, you know. Okay, I'll shoot Richard a glance as if like a questioning glance, like you're cool, man. I'm just gonna shake my head. Like, no. Nah. <laughs> Let okay. me get a self control roll, uh, Coyote, difficulty uh, six. Just because it's your vice and you have to roll it because you're difficulty, you know? One six, yes. All right, cool. So, Coyote, if he says no, and you're like, okay, this is my pal, but there's a second where you like turn and look at the. And you see this, like, sinister, like, even more than he obviously looks, but where he's like, because he's not like hardly human anymore, man. Like he has a two in humanity. He looks like a fucking demon at this point. And you see a point where he lo- he's looking down at you, and you're like, "Nah, man." You're like, "No, nah, we shouldn't do this." And he look, he sees neck. He looks at you, and he nods his head. And you see his neck though for a second extends out to you closely, and it like turns. And you see like he's looking at the door for a second, and you're like like this close to him, you know, like only like a foot away from his like the side of his neck and his face, and you can see he's and his mouth is like right here, and you just see his teeth grinding together. And you see his fangs extend through his new mouth, and you see him look for a second. He licks his lips, his his teeth, and then he just looks back at you, and he goes back and walks towards the number seven. Uh, I'll give you- him a slap on the shoulder just before I walk back too, and chuckle. <laughs> his chuckle sounds a little like a little wet. You know what I mean? Because his lips. Are uh, so, the damn ventral weakness keeps me from losing humanity. <laughs> <laughs> you, hey, you very well could have just been like, have fun and. I thought I would have made you roll humanity, you know what I mean? To be honest, conscious if you would have done that. You know? uh, so- no, Richard is actually afraid of um, like the um, the unclean aspect of it. Like he doesn't. Oh, like, sure. like that's how unsanitary it is. You mean? Yeah. So you say like Richard's like kind of like becoming like a hypochondriac in a way? Not really, but I uh, I think he's wary of it because I don't know. Maybe Ilnipi told him about um, the problems. It could cause. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like they you, try to rationalize the ventral weakness, like they they are selective or something. They only take the good yeah. blood that they can find. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Ilanipi are very straight laced. I would say, you know what I mean, in the way that your outlook on being a canine is. So that's pretty cool. So you guys get back to the. the you see the figures walking into room number seven. You two walk in. Cora, you're out of the shower. Your hair is still somewhat wet, but you don't have blood. And you have a you have a blanket wrapped around your bloody dress that you put back on. Is that what you're wearing, by the way? Like a dress or something like that? We never even. I like want to get a mental picture of like what Cora is looking like right now at this moment. You know what I mean? Like is she wearing like a like a normal dress from like the 40s, or is she wearing like slacks? Or what is what is she looking like at this moment? Uh, I think it'd be like. Hmm. I think because of all the combat and stuff that's been going on, that she'd try wear, wearing pants or something, something where, you know, where she can be mobile, more functional form stuff. 
So like jeans, like old jeans from the forties, or like cowboy jeans and wear. Sort of something like that. All right, cool. And like a plaid shirt or something that to wear with it. So I would take the blood. Probably wouldn't stand as much as she had a plaid shirt, but with the blanket wrapped around her, almost like a poncho. I'm sure you know what I mean. That it would. Yeah. It would. You could probably even grab a poncho. You know what I mean? Make one out of a blanket or something to that extent. You know, Mitch, you're getting out of the shower. You've washed your clothes. Are you like just wa- what are you wearing at the moment? Are you just got like a towel wrapped around you while you're waiting for you got your clothes that you're cleaning? Or were you just getting the blood stains out of them? What were you exactly doing to him? Oh, uh, he he'll completely scrub his clothing down and he'll okay. step out with a towel around his waist as he's wringing everything out. Yeah. And he's planning on just wearing it wet and letting it air dry as they go. Yeah, I mean it really doesn't bother you so much, right? I guess you can start zoning it out. You know what I mean? At that moment too, with you don't feel cold or anything to that extent, you know? So, and then you see, as you're doing that, you walk in and you're wringing it out and you see like the lumbering form of like Coyote walking into this room that has like a single light bulb that, you know, with that kind of gives a dim glare to the small shack room that, that you guys have rented out and you see Richard walking behind him. But you, you see, like, like I said, the, the look on Coyote, like Jesus has dried blood now. You know what I mean? That's all in the lower part of his face and on like the leather vest that he wore. But thankfully it's not really too much on the vest, but it's on his chest. It's like dried in the rivets between his like pectorials. You know what I mean? And like the little like cut and lines of like his abs, like it's just kind of like dried and cake there and everything. So go ahead. Scenes on you guys. I'm ready to get back on the road, so I'm kind of leaning on the truck at the moment with my arms folded, just kind of staring out. Mitch will come out of the motel room, still dripping wet a little bit. I'm ready when y'all are. What about you, Cora and Richard? Are ready to go? Yeah, I think so. Is the waitress still in the back of the truck? She's back there in the dark. You can kind of hear moaning coming from within there, too, with the door closed. You know, not too loud, because obviously her mouth is shut and everything like that. Can I reach in the back of the truck and grab her by the ankle and just yank her out onto the ground? Yeah. I so you forgot see, about her. You see Coyote walk and he opens the door and then you just see him grab something and he just kind of like just pulls and just like you see her like like almost come out and just like her head hits like for a second the back the step. You know what I mean? That little drop two foot ledge I said that's on her hip. She falls in the in the in the gravel and you see dust like kind of kick up. You see, like, like she's so low on energy, it's hard for her to, like, even put much of a fit. Like, she hardly has any more fight in there. Cora, Coyote, take her into the room and clean her up. Maybe we should grab her something to eat on the way. We, we don't want her going daisies up just yet. I'll just grab it by the ankle again and drag her into the room seven. So I'm getting the sense that Cora's, like, totally, like, about this, right? She looks at Coyote, seen him do, and she's like, this is my greatest creation ever. You know what I mean? This is my son. You know, I take it. Am I correct in that assertion that like, that's what she feels? Yeah. Like okay. Yeah. This is like her, one of her, like a child. It's like an offspring. What do you two? I mean, I know Richard, you're kind of like, I'm close to this guy, but like, like he's that weird uncle, you know what I mean? And I don't know, you know what I mean? I accept him for years, but I don't feel comfortable around him. What do you think, Mitch, now as a pack leader, as you look at this figure? Because I take it, you said, let's clean her up and feed her in a more of a humane, let's treat, like you did almost when Eldrick had that female he was bringing up there and you uh, used Dominate so she passed out because you didn't want her to suffer. What do you feel now that you see, what does, he, what does Mitch feel when he sees like this creature now that's like part of your family that's just dragging his body into the hotel room? He's got a very pragmatic approach to it. And he's like, you know what? He's going to be what he's going to be. And as long as it's not causing us any trouble, I think it's not that big of an issue. 
So in reality, you all are coming to grips and accepting what you are now, right? I mean, you're accepting that you're a pack mm-hmm. of these of canites who, who believe you're evolved beyond humanity, and you're all like compartmentalizing it in your own different way, except for Richard. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of... Otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please help. They're coming. <laughs> the mission seems simple enough, don't they always? Simple sweep and flush out operation. We loaded them up in a hazmat tanker in Montreal and shipped them to a downtown warehouse in the Valley of the Sun. It would have been in and out in a few nights. Well, we wouldn't be telling the story if it all went as planned. Would we? I go ahead and uh, I pop quieter. All right, yeah, I'm gonna run at him and do a sweet spin kick and knock his head off. We're waiting to see whether or not the abomination kills us. Shufflehead Chronicles is available on the Critical Hints feed. Search for Critical Hints in iTunes, Google Play, or any other podcatcher. I I I don't think this is how no. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city?
Neon Masquerade. The Demon's Mirror. Thirteen Candles. Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels. The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the duets tag to find out more. Hi guys, I wanted to let you know about my YouTube channel, the video journals of Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey is a character I play in a live-action vampire game called New England Nightmares, which uses the new Finite Studio rules for Mind's Eye Theatre. The Chronicle's set in the city of New Haven, Connecticut, and we run on the third Saturday of every month in Southington, Connecticut. Most of the credit for the stories told in my journals comes from the plots developed by the amazing storytellers who run my game. So the videos on my channel are basically an in-character video logs of the newly sired venture Mike Bailey. They follow him from his days as a naive mortal, to his violent embrace during the Anarch Revolt in the City of London, and on to his arrival in the shores of New Haven. The journals show Mike trying to come to terms with his kindred nature, his powerful but impure blood, and his attempts to hide his past from other members of the court of Prince Lucius. They put out updates every two weeks, and I love feedback and questions, so check out my channel, subscribe, and leave me a comment.